All right. Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. And as we turn the page to a new book, we're actually leaving behind a whole genre that we've been spending time in. And so we're leaving behind the narratives of the gospel. And now we jump into the epistles. And in doing so, we felt like it was important for us to really set the stage with what we're going to be looking at here as we walk through Romans. Because Romans is a letter, and it's hard for us to understand the totality of this letter in the same way that we would understand a story. Because most of the time when we come to the epistles, we just read small excerpts of them, and we can lose track of what's going on in the bigger picture. And so joining us for this series in Romans, we have Ursula. And Ursula is on our staff here working with our soul care ministry, but she's also teaching a precepts class on Romans. So we're blessed to have somebody who's spent an extensive period of time studying this and walking through this with other people to help us unfold what Paul Paul is trying to communicate to us here in Romans and how that solidifies and anchors our faith. Hi, thanks so much for having me. This is really great. I am super passionate about the Word of God and just love, love, love that you guys are starting Romans. And that's exactly what we're doing with our class of ladies that we have on Monday nights. And so it's just wonderful to walk through that. And so thanks for having me. I think, uh, you know, as we have been studying Romans, it's just genius how the entire book is laid out. But there's just so many key things in this book. It's so packed to the brim. They actually even call it the constitution of the Bible. And so what they mean by that is, do you want to know why people sin? Well, you can look in Romans. Why is God's wrath? Why is that going to come? Well, you can look in the book of Romans. Why is righteousness important? What about the righteousness of Christ and how that's you know, accredited to us. Um, All of that is in the book of Romans. It's just packed to the brim. And so I think just laying this out initially of what's been going on in Rome itself before you start digging into what the book is saying is really key. That's a good thing for us to focus on because we've shifted times here in a sense. You know, we left John and Jesus was just rising from the dead, we're not like a week later or two weeks later. Lots has happened in the world and lots has happened in the church in between when we've passed off the end of the Gospel of John, and now where we're at in Romans. We'll have the same sort of conundrum as we turn the page through these epistles, because they're not written chronologically. And so Romans is pulled to the front probably because of the number of chapters it has, the size, the importance that it has there. But let's focus in on what this is like. What is the world like that this was written for and into? The Roman Empire was premier in the world. It was the dominant world power at that time. The Romans were famous for their roads and the systems that they had built, which is, you know, it's just amazing because Jesus was born at the perfect time because also you have Alexander the Great. And what he had done is Alexander the Great was going around the world and conquering all these nations and and bringing in all these soldiers into his military. And what he realized is they couldn't communicate because everybody spoke a different language. There were a million written different languages. And so what Alexander the Great, it was accredited to him that he actually came up with a new language, a world language 
language, which was the Koinonia. And that gave all of his soldiers the ability to talk with each other. And so because now you have one dominant world power who was extremely industrious with building all of these roads so people could get around, and then now you even have a language that was spread through the world, communication could soar. That means the gospel could be spread. And as you're going to start reading in Romans, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. This book is packed to the brim. If you start reading and just start marking that word, you're going to see that appear um, multiple times through this book. And it's really key. And so, yeah, there is going to be so much on display here about the gospel and so much for us to understand. And it's going to be hard for us to really, as we walk through this one chapter a day, one chapter at a time, to always remember the context and how these things are going. And so I know, Ursula, you've studied this and you've looked at the greater overall themes and what's happening. And I think that you have a great way to explain how we can understand the parts of the whole so that we can experience the totality of it as we walk through each part for that. And so what can you do in terms of helping us understand the overall purpose and overall structure of this epistle as we embark on our study? Well, the theme of Romans really can be summed up uh, that the righteous shall live by faith. Really, Romans, if you're just starting in the first chapter, the theme of Romans is really summed up in verses 16 and 17. And I know we'll do chapter one later, but this is really the theme of the book. And I'm just going to read those for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? For it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew at first and also to the Greek. For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And that is what sums up Romans. The righteous need to live by faith. And so how do they do that? The wonderful thing about Romans, you can divide it a lot of different ways. But really, your first 11 chapters of Romans are all about Paul is laying the foundation. He's laying doctrine out. He's laying out the gospel of why. Why the gospel and and then why it's important. And then the last five chapters of the book of Romans really talk about walking that out. And I love Paul's writing because he does this in many of his epistles. When you go on to study Galatians, you'll see that in the first two chapters of Galatians, he does the exact same thing, his writing style. He lays out the foundation, the doctrine, and then he said, and now go walk it out. And this is how you practice what you've learned. And the same even in Ephesians, the first three chapters are about laying the foundation of your identity. And now because you have your identity anchored, right, in those first three chapters, he starts out chapter four by saying, and now walk in a manner worthy of your calling. And I can only do that if I'm anchored in the doctrine, in the gospel to begin with. And so just keep that in mind as you're starting to go walk down and through these epistles, there is a method to his madness and his beautiful madness of how the Lord just laid this out so wonderfully. And obviously a big thing for us is we have this 21st century American mindset of how we 
reason and how we would write something, how we would explain something. So we're jumping back into this ancient Near East style of communication, the same with their desires and how they would circle through things and have circular thoughts that they would consistently come back to. Rather, we're more of a linear, hey, give us the beginning, middle, and end to get us through that thing. And so we're going to try to like blend those concepts to help us understand and bring these two worlds together so that we can best understand how Paul is doing that. And so you gave us this big picture breakdown, but can we further break it down a little bit to help us see what are some of the things that we need to look out for as we're going to be walking through this? All right, just in Romans, and of course, you can break this down in in many different ways, but some of the main themes, right, as we're going through the first 11 chapters, the very beginning, of course, chapter one is going to be about the gospel. And that's a key word throughout this entire epistle. Paul is trying to make sure that the Roman church understands the gospel and has that great foundation in the gospel. He also talks about in that uh, first chapter and starting to go into the second chapter, uh, just about how we are without excuse. And that's because the Lord in his mercy has written the law on our hearts. And because of that, we're all accountable for that in some way to him. He also covers the fact that we're all under sin and that the only way that we are right before him is we are justified by faith in Christ Jesus. It's never going to be about anything that I can do for myself. And I think this uh, book was really foundational for some key influential people throughout history. You've got Augustine actually came to faith through the reading of the book of Romans. So did Luther and so did John Wesley. And those are three real pinnacles of the Christian faith. So it's pretty amazing how God really used this book and justification by faith to really bring them to himself because they were really works bound. They were really under the law as so many of the Jews are that make up the Roman church. And so Paul is again, kind of going back to that foundation. This is why he lays it all out again to make sure they know what they know, what they know is true. But other things that are really covered in this first 11 books are um, talking about the resurrection of Christ, right? And without the resurrection, our faith, it would be for nothing, right? He was the firstborn from the dead. And Paul really goes into great detail about that. He also is just talks about the law. He covers that. He covers the spirit, really God's power in sanctifying us. And so those are really the first 11 chapters. And then we have Romans 12 through 16. And that's really where he gets super practical again, which I love again. I I can't emphasize that enough. Just start to look at how Paul lays out this beautiful, beautiful epistle. Um, He lays out practically, I need to be a living sacrifice. That's what he says right in the first chapter of Romans. And it's all based on everything else we've read in the first 11 chapters. And how am I a living sacrifice? Well, he starts to go into, well, you got to love. You've got to be in subjection. You are not under the law, right? But you still need to not be a stumbling block for those who are weaker in faith. And maybe the reason they don't eat meat is because they're still very legalistic. 
stick and we don't want to be a stumbling block to those, right? Because we love them well. Um, but he really goes through all of those things. And then the last chapter is really his, you know, salutation. It's, it's kind of him wrapping up the entire book and, and really encouraging that church to greet all of these saints that have come alongside him that are either carrying the gospel to them, that have just been really important to him, just making sure that they greet them well and they love them well. Thanks for that high-level summary of what you've just shared with us, Ursula. Of what's going to be going on and what we're going to be walking through. But even as you said that, and even as I know some people, as they get into this and start reading it, they're going to be like, why don't I just skip all the way forward to chapter 12? Give me the practical stuff. I'm kind of lost in what he's saying here. This is a little above my head. What would you say to somebody who's maybe going to be tempted to do that here in this study as we're walking through it to say, hey, yeah, just give me the practical things. Let me just skip ahead to that. What would you say to that type of a person who's wanting to understand, but maybe struggling with some of these concepts and different things that we're going to walk through that are, that are pretty heavy and are pretty, you know, cookies on the top shelf type things that he's walking through? Yeah, I would just encourage you to persevere. One of the great things about Romans, it's the power of God. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It starts even in verse 4, as Paul is saying, it's really the Holy Spirit that is going to be giving you this revelation. If you skip to the practical, because I I get that. I am am all about that. I'm like, okay, tell me what I got to do. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go do that. You're missing the gospel of Christ. You're missing the grace that he has afforded you uh, as a believer in Christ. You are missing the foundation of why you would even bother to go and walk those things out in the first place. You're going to get really tired if you want all the practical, but you don't rely on the grace of the gospel to get you through it and the righteousness of Christ. And I say that from experience. (laughs) There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And that's in there too, by the way, in the book of Romans. (laughs) That's great. That's a great reminder for us. Because even as you mentioned those three men, Augustine, Luther, and John Wesley, I'm sure the first time they read this was not the time that that took place. And so they wrestled with the truths that they saw in here. They worked through that. They spent time praying and seeking wisdom and walking through this over and over and over again. And that's what we desire you to be doing as you join us as we walk through this is, hey, wrestle with these things. If you have questions, talk with people about those questions. If there's something we haven't covered, talk with somebody about those things. If you have questions about what we're covering, come find Ursula, come find me, come find one of our leaders. Someone would love to walk with this through you because of how foundational it is and because of then how liberating it is once we understand the totality of the gospel that's on display here and how it's preparing us to live that life that we're going to see in 12 through 15. And so we're excited for this. We wanted to take this opportunity to really set the stage for our study, to prepare us in a different way than we have for some of these other chapters that we've been doing, as it is a little bit different in terms of what we're going to be walking through as we move away from those narrative gospels and into this epistle letter type form. So know today you are loved. You're